So up front, I want to say that we recorded this in the first week of December, and that, of course, means that we are missing a lot of big, sometimes important movies, and no Matrix talk is what I'm saying. Sorry. And also a reminder, this is a spoiler-friendly podcast, and while we lightly spoil a lot of the things we enjoyed and hated throughout the year, uh, we heavily spoil Malignant, and I'll give you a heads up about that. But otherwise, enjoy our stupid and self-indulgent awards show. Everyone else gets one. I want one, too. Maybe you can hum the theme song. Won't hold it against you if you get parts wrong. While the memory's not too strong, there's a piece of you from a time long gone. So while these fuzzy warm feelings remain, question we ask is still the same. Is the treasure or just plain lame? Is this still good? Hello and welcome to the first annual Still Goodies Awards for I Wanted an Awards show. I'm Sage, and I'm happy to have made it through 2021. That is a year that has happened, uh, more or less. There's days left. Who's that voice? It's a little cocky to suggest that you've made it through. Uh, That's true. There are still three weeks left in this year. This is Gavin uh, coming in to say, don't count your chickens. Also, don't have chickens. They're awful birds. You can buy and... eggs at a market. There's no reason to have chickens anymore. <laughs> Sounds like a man who has lived with chickens. This is true. Uh, this is normally a podcast about uh, removing nostalgia goggles and reevaluating childhood treasures and seeing if they're still good. And uh, we, are, we are doing that in a more recent form with movies that came out this year. I've got a list of nominations, and I've got a guest. Joining us today is what? Adam Boyer. Oh, hey. How are you doing? I'm doing all right. Adam, you haven't been on in a while. Uh, why, why is that? What have you been up to? Oh, I am on location in beautiful, rainy Bellingham, Washington, making a feature film. Just, just any film? or. Some um, sort of special film. It's a silly, as as the director keeps referring to it, it's a silly little dildo movie. Uh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> so the adventures of a silly little dildo, or no? There's just lots of dildos in it. Um, I got pelted with a flashlight the other wow. day, covered in fake jizz. It's been it's been great. Definitely making my dad and my mom proud of me. Are you and allowed we'll... to say what it is or no? Um, I guess it is. I don't. Know. We have an. Instagram Are we allowed page. to guess? I have a guess. Yeah, it's a movie I wrote a long time ago. Um, oh, my guess called is wrong. The customer comes first. Um, <laughs> we are at customer comes first film on Instagram. I am surprised they didn't want to change the title. Yes. <laughs> how it's do you... never too late to change a title? Should yeah. we ask how it's spelled or or no? Uh, it, oh, it's it's O M E S. We're not that gross. It's a, I, you didn't make it sound like it at first. Yeah. It's a classy film. Adam and I actually wrote the first draft of this in college, so I'm yeah. very... It's it's crazy to me that this is getting made. Adam wrote, like, the next 13 drafts, so I want to make it very clear it's his movie. <laughs> that yeah. you brought him on this podcast today to confront him about... About uh, points, yeah. Yeah, WGA uh, titles. <laughs> I got a story by credit on it, so I'm, I don't know. This is this is pretty exciting. <laughs> uh, not exciting enough for me to come up to Washington and help with the film. <laughs> no, nope, but we, it's, we have it's had like there. real sound people on. I've been like labbed every day. I've had ankle Ooh. straps. Wasn't expecting that. Wait, are you? Yeah. You're in this movie. Yeah, I'm the more I'm the than lead. just being pelt. Oh wow. Uh, yep, I'm number one on the call sheet. 
Damn. First time no, that's a- happened. Power move. Adam's got it because he's on an adventure, Kevin. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and speaking of adventures, we had a year. We we did some movies. Say, so I have a bunch of categories and nominations to, to, to talk about. Starting off with, guys, what is the movie that you saw this year that was your biggest surprise? A movie you thought was going to be bad, but ended up being good still good yeah this one was a little tough for me to think of like i i I went into some things with some low expectations i guess i i wound up liking dune a lot more than i thought i would Mm -hmm. and uh just saw ghostbusters uh new legacy which was charming as shit also not the title had a a good time afterlife afterlife (laughs) yeah Yeah, a new legacy is a different movie but you know what um i don't know my friend keeps calling uh ghostbusters answer the call and i have to be like no that's the (laughs) The we, we, we answered the call in title. 2016 now it's the afterlife anything that comes after a colon is is interchangeable as far as a movie t- unless it's at the far side of the world like i'm gonna forget what comes after the colon what's at the far side of the world at the on the far end of the universe what's the what's no, the no, master it's, commander subtitle? it's the far side of the world you got it. the far side of the world master and commander at the far side of the world yeah colon the secret of the unicorn <laughs> adam what was your biggest surprise of this year Okay, so I when I saw Biggest Surprise, I read that a little differently. What's a time you walked into the wrong theater and stayed the whole time? <laughs> no, no, this is by far the biggest surprise, and once I say it, you'll be like, oh yeah, I know what you mean. Um, oh, and it's a, I, yeah, a little movie there. called Malignant. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm, which, you know, mm-hmm. I, w- I was looking forward to, because I love James Wan, and I'm like, oh, this will be like a fun, spooky James Wan movie, and then I won't say what the surprise is, <laughs> but something happens about, like an hour and a half into that movie and just like the whole tenor of like the theater changed i spent like the last like 40 minutes just like a giant smile on my face just giggling not knowing if like it broke the movie or made it better but it's certainly when i saw biggest surprise yeah i would say 100 percent made it better yeah (laughs) you may recognize an hour and a half as the length of a normal movie so you're telling me that a movie into this movie it fully changes yeah it's it's one of the few movies on my letterbox where i have given it no star because i don't know if i it's a five star movie or a one star movie Hey, Sage here. We're about to spoil the shit out of malignant so uh jump ahead about a minute if you don't want that sport yeah spoiler alert yeah. Uh, so, Adam, spoil malignant. <laughs> uh, yeah, there's a little uh, lady's got a little quato on the back of her head, and they <laughs> cut off its legs, and they just, like shove it in her skull. And then, uh... wait, Sage, have you not seen malignant? No, I have not seen malignant. Oh, oh my really? God. Oh, no. now I feel bad. No, I had this no is idea. so exciting. I assumed everyone had seen it. Yeah, no, you think it's like, uh, oh, this lady's crazy and she's killing people, um, you know, like split personalities things. But you find out, no, literally, there's a little gremlin man <laughs> that broke free in the back of her head and, and it's controlling her controlling body her like a puppet so she like wa- gets in this weird black cloak like a and like okay. backwards yeah she dresses like up like walks. she's a fangirling about the crow and yeah then, imagine uh, like a moon moon walking uh like yeah. neo from the matrix but with like long like brandon lee like sweaty black hair covering its face because you can't see the real face uh and there there are at least like two fight sequences that just come out of nowhere it's like james wan was making a horror movie and he's like hey what if i just made like a really fucked up action movie (laughs) just just at the very end for no reason it's 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 very silly and uh i'm gonna go ahead and say that that definitely was more surprising than the other two movies i saw so i'll give you that one 
Yeah. Uh, those so are, those are both better answers come close to competing? <laughs> uh, well, I mean, I, I just went so. on a, a ride hearing the Polygons. <laughs> um, no, it's, it's so much weirder. Like, you still got to see it because it's, it's weirder than you're imagining. Okay, yeah. Maybe that's like a good double feature with Serenity. <laughs> yeah. My biggest surprise was Ridley Scott's The Last Duel. Uh, mostly because the trailers for this movie looked very, very bad. <laughs> like, they highlighted that it's uh, it's Ben Affleck and Matt Damon in ridiculous period garb, speaking, like, modern accents uh, with old, like, pantameter, old-timey way of talking. And it's their first time writing something together since Goodwill Hunting. And all of the marketing made it sound like a he-said-she-said said case about a rape. And uh, Matt Damon and Ben Affleck did not seem like the best people to bring that story to life. So I went into this incredibly nervous, and it ended up being one of the best movies that I saw all year. Like, uh, they they did write by the source material. And I say they, there is very clearly, there is a third female writer whose name I don't remember. Uh, it's Nicole Hall of Center. You can feel it in parts. The entire movie is uh, is a Ro- Rashomon-style narrative. Uh, ben Affleck is fucking great in it. Adam Driver's great. All the performances are fantastic. And I didn't, I didn't cringe as much as I thought I was going to. And at the end of it, it's still like a big medieval Ridley Scott battlefield movie that uh, lost so much money. <laughs> it somehow lost more money than like Exodus Gods of Kings. Like... <laughs> I mean, that came out during not a pandemic. Yeah. But, yeah. But you see, the the real problem is uh, millennials and their iPhones. (laughs) According to Ridley Scott, that's why his movie failed. He's had a bigger year than I thought he would, to be honest. That was surprising to me. Two movies come out back to back, and uh, we will definitely be talking about the other one. The second one I didn't realize was directed by him until the credits rolled. (laughs) (laughs) That's fantastic. Wait, hold on. I just looked yes, up Adam. the box office for Exodus Gods and Kings, comparing it to The Last Duel. Let's go. Um, yeah, so Exodus Gods and Kings still made $238 million worldwide. Do you know sure. how much The Last Duel made worldwide? Uh, Twelve. One-tenth of that. It made $29 oh, no. million. Dollars oh, no. Worldwide. And it's a much better film. Um, it yeah. has something to say. Biggest disappointments <laughs> of the year is maybe something that you have more to say about. This was the one that I felt like I did have more. I had more disappointments this year. All right. Um, should I go with like the top of my list or the bottom of my list? Like I was able to come up with five. No, let's let's hear let's hear your nominations for biggest disappointment. There was a lot of popular support for a little movie called Free Guy. And uh, it was entirely mediocre. So I was, people got me hyped for it. I don't, I shouldn't have let them. The, the, oh it, yeah, no one should exa- ever hype up Gavin for anything. It was exactly what the trailers said it was going to be, and it was fine. The trailer, I'll defend <laughs> that movie. The trailers made it look very mediocre. It's not making it onto any of my lists, because at the end of it, it's just a movie that happens, and I enjoyed the ride. There is one thing in it that I think elevated it more from my expectations. Like, I almost put that in my biggest surprise. It just wasn't my biggest surprise, mm-hmm. which is that there there is a tale of, like, artificial intelligence and digital rights and things that, like, I wasn't expecting to... I wasn't expecting that movie to be about anything. I was expecting it to be fucking Pixels. I didn't see Pixels, but 
yeah, no, I was I was disappointed. People made it sound like it was going to be good, and it was fine. Damn. I told Gadman it was it was good, and now yep. he's getting back at he, me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what else you got? I don't know. This might be more of a dead dove do not eat kind of thing um, than an actual disappointment. But my answer is Halloween Kills. Oh. Um, I did not care for um, what's his name, David Gordon Green's uh, Halloween in 2018. But everyone else seemed to like it, so I thought maybe, okay, maybe I was just being a real grumposaurus, and the next one will be good. And it's it's somehow so much worse. <laughs> like, it takes us, like, everything I didn't like about the 2018 one and just kind of doubles down on it, and then it's just so convoluted. Um, it's trying things. It still looks pretty good, but it's just, just an absolute hot mess. I've seen... <laughs> Every Halloween movie now, and I would say this is pretty close to the bottom. It's like wow. up there with like the Paul Rudd uh, and the Celtic cults. Um, oh, Halloween three? Or th- that's six. Um, oh, uh, so I have not actually, seen all the which, Halloween uh, movies. That's how the many Halloween twos are there? This this is the third Halloween two, I believe. This is the third Halloween, and two. is this a direct sequel to the original or to the David Gordon Green one? This is a direct sequel to the David Gordon Green one, which doesn't acknowledge Halloween 2 happening, or Halloween 2 happening, or Halloween happening. <laughs> the Rob Zombie one. Okay. But it yes. does acknowledge So is this actual Halloween, Halloween 3? 1970s one happening? No, not technically Halloween 3. I think this is still technically Halloween 2. Um, but yeah, the thing I hated about the, the last one is that everyone in this town won't shut up about Michael Myers and talks about him as though he has done all these like crazy things. They, everyone in this town talks about Michael Myers as though they've seen the Halloween movies basically. Okay. But in reality, it's like, he's just like a crazy dude who like murdered like four people and then was in prison for a long time. Right. And like, no one will get over it. Like no one has a normal life. Um, like there's a thing in Halloween kills where they take, you know, the nurse who drove uh, Michael Myers in the first Halloween and they have like, what's his name anthony michael hall playing the old version of like the kid she used to babysit um and they're like grown-ups now they're all in their late 50s and i guess every year on halloween they get together they go to a bar and they like drink about and talk about the time they almost got murdered uh it's so dumb and up its own ass um and then just totally all over the place because it'd be really smug and self-serious and then it'll have like mad tv style uh horror set pieces with like cartoonishly uh just just the most cartoonish um broad characters you've ever seen like they even get like the guy played Stuart on mad tv and he's just like a real cartoonish uh gay man and him and his partner get you know murdered off and there's lots of like (laughs) wacky you know gags oh i think yeah their their names are big john and little john like the movie just does not know what it's doing and then the ending just it just keeps compounding on itself and every time you think you like it it does something stupider and stupider and stupider by the end you're just furious and yeah that movie made me very mad halloween kills don't see it (laughs) halloween kills don't see it my biggest disappointment is uh probably the only movie that we're going to talk about that's two letters long and that is f9 uh I thought that movie was fucking garbage. This new one really had everything going for it. Like they had the the director of four through six, three through six. Like I like every single one of those movies. He comes back and it's put up as this big deal. Although I don't know, I think the last two movies were pretty good. And it's just, guys, it's so fucking stupid. 
That movie is dumb in a way that I I cannot enjoy. There is there is a sequence where uh, Dominic Toretto goes and picks up Helen Mirren to do a, a, a fun run around London, and it's wonderful, and they have chemistry, and those those actors have definitely fucked off screen. Helen Mirren double crosses and takes him to see his brother. John Cena is his brother. I'm fine with the soap opera elements of all of this. This is a movie where, like, multiple people have had amnesia and, and people are coming back from the dead, mm. and all of that's fine. Um, they have a tense standoff, and uh, Dominic Toretto is taken away by, by law enforcement, and it's just actually Cardi B and her friends. And Cardi B is not an actress who has been in this franchise. This is not a character that's been established. It's just Cardi B shows up and rescues Dom, and none of those things needed to happen. No one making those movies cares about it. I'm very upset. I can tell. I also want to toss out the Green Knight, and I'm still conflicted about it, but, like, I was pretty hyped for that. I hyped myself up mm-hmm. for the Green Knight, and, uh, you know, it is a much more epic and classic version of storytelling than I enjoy. Um, and I know that about myself. I just don't mm-hmm. like that kind of story very much. I don't like fairy tales. And this was, you know, kind of a dumb fairy tale. And and it it, yeah. it tried to have something to say at the end, which I actually did like, that... As I was walking out, a lot of people were really upset about it. I really liked the ending. The ending worked for me. Yeah. But it didn't pull me back from like being frustrated. Exactly. Yeah. It's something about that's how I felt in Killing of a Sacred Deer is just it's very oh, that one hard worked for me. That one worked it's, for me. It's but... <laughs> incredibly hard to buy into an old myth. Yeah. Basically. Like just the structure and what they're saying mm-hmm. is just just things I don't We just uh, did our Ramayan episode and like there are yeah. parts of that um, that weren't in the movie, but like the rest of the story that we talked about is just inaccessible. Um, I just want to mention something. You just real raise quick. your hand. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, just in the back of the know, class, you, Adam. The, you and the Mr. Boyer. Mr. Boyer. <laughs> right. Thank you. Yes, uh, I'd just like to say that the Green Knight made seven million dollars more domestic than the Last <laughs> Duel. Best reboots. Got some. Best got some reboot. nominations here, but I'm I'm pretty soon. I'm pretty certain it's just going to come down to uh, between Dune and the Suicide Squad. I put Mortal Kombat on there for kicks, but at the end of the year, that's just kind of a movie that happened. <laughs> that's, that's one of the worst reboots. Uh, yeah, I was, just, I was not a fan of It's terrible. Mortal it's really Kombat. bad. It's real okay. bad. Uh, the original is not good either, but uh, they made it worse, I think. I forget where we fell on that on the podcast. Uh, well, this is... We both decided those movies aren't good and then immediately forgot it and continued to talk about them as if they're good. <laughs> Fair enough. I still catch myself talking about Mortal Kombat as if it's a good movie, even though we did like a deep analysis of it oh, and decided, trash. oh, it's trash. It's bad. So is it Dune, the Suicide Squad, or uh, a movie I didn't think of? Uh, I put the Suicide Squad. Yeah? Yeah. I I... I put Dune for sure. I, I Suicide Squad was fine. I don't think it was a particularly incredible film. There were some really good elements in it, but I would definitely say Dune is more of like a prestigious, you know, well well crafted in um inverted commas, um, to use the British term for no reason. Um but I just don't like Dune, I think is the problem. I've seen sure. Dune twice now. And both times I'm impressed, I'm with it in some scenes, and by the time it ends, I'm just like, yeah, okay. 
Um, whereas I actually had like a really fun time with Suicide Squad and especially like the leap in like how much I hated the last one to how much sure. I enjoyed this one. Yeah. Although I couldn't even finish David Lynch's Dune and the fact that I was able to finish this Dune <laughs> is saying well, something. Well, no, you've I, only I, seen half of Dune so far, so. That is true. True. Um, so there's still a chance for it to all be undone and worthless. Yeah. So the way I felt finishing the first Dune is like, if... If they don't green, lit, green light a second one, then this movie sucks. Yeah, which they did. So <laughs> they did green light it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So fortunately, but like it is pretty know, funny like that pretty they spent risk. this much money making that big of a movie without green lighting a sequel. It's I, absolutely yeah. insane. <laughs> I, I, I love how many Zendaya fans probably went to see that movie and they're like, "Yeah, <sighs> we love Zendaya." Zendaya. I always forget how which way it is. Um, it's both. And she does absolutely nothing in that no, movie. She, She's in like she is, two minutes, and it's just the same slow motion shot of her kind of like turning her shoulder. Which is one of the, honestly the yeah. worst parts of that movie. I wish they it's, had not done so many goddamn. It's very, um, <laughs> it's very uh, film student kind of the dreams of like the pretty girl in the field of wheat, you know. It feels like they're just trying to justify her name on the marquee. Yeah. Well, I'm going to, as much as I enjoyed Dune, I got to go with The Suicide Squad because that's a movie that I that I watched three times this year. Uh, I found it endlessly enjoyable. It's uh, definitely the best John Cena movie that came out this year. Um, very excited for Peacemaker. He, he was, he was stellar it's... in that movie. The writing around him was great. Doing a podcast where we where we just pitch how to fix things and how to reboot it. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is by far the best entry of fixing a previous property. Can I toss out a movie really quick that I yeah. thought was going to be a great reboot and it wasn't? I'm talking about Candyman. Candyman. Oh yeah, I almost put that as my biggest disappointment. Uh, really? Just, oh, I just because it. I thought that I wouldn't. I still ultimately liked it, but. I had such high hopes based off of the trailers. Yeah. Um, I'd never seen the original Candyman, but I was just oh. like, oh, this seems really adventurous and out there and looks really good. And then I saw it, and it was kind of all those things, but it just never really came together. Um, so it, was, it ended up being kind of like a, a bit of a stumble, but like an honorable it, stumble. It is very much a sequel. And yeah. I, when as I was watching it, I was like, almost, I was surprised at how much of a sequel it was. Because, I mean... They shouldn't have called it Candyman. <laughs> it's Candyman two again. You know, it's it is it is going back to Candyman two. They do like last time on Candyman a bunch with yeah. like pretty fun animation. But what would you call? What would your subtitle be for Candyman two colon into the Candyverse? <laughs> um, I don't know. The double scoop of candy. I don't know. <laughs> a second bar. That's my the problem. Devil, with candy the devil made me candy. Worst franchise entry. I'm not skipping worst reboot. It just can kind of go into this. I didn't have a worst reboot of this year. Everything ended up also as a continuation. There's some things that you could argue are reboots, but are also maybe 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 legacy films. I don't know. What yeah. what's everyone's got? Space Jam. Space Jam. Oh yeah? Yeah, for both lead worst into reboot, that? worth franchise entry, Space Jam: yeah. A New Legacy. It's maybe it's, it's well, actually, I would say it's the worst movie I've seen this year. But I did just try to watch both versions of Jack Frost this weekend. <laughs> we did oh, watch both versions of Jack Frost. Yeah, I could not finish the the 1997 <laughs> one with Shannon Elizabeth. I got like a half hour in, and I'm like, no, thank you. Um, I did finish the Michael Keaton one. Also, no, thank you. <laughs> But yeah, Space Jam, A New Legacy is just like a special kind of bad where it's like, 
it's it's a, it's incompetent. It's poorly. It's like misguided. It's bloated. It's not fun as much as like. I'm sure you, have, you guys did an episode about Space Jam. I'm sure. Yeah, that was our our first launch. We were going to do a whole episode about a new legacy, uh, but the guest we had on for the first one just had no interest in talking about it. Everyone's excitement yeah. just—it's not even fun to hate. I still haven't seen the it's film, not, and I won't. It's not fun to think about. It offended my sensibilities. Well, I, I just don't did understand not have a good time. why the why Warner Brothers is doing like that sort of amalgamation film when they already have the Animaniacs doing kind of the similar they have like better franchises they already, already did Ready Player One it's so yeah. weird um, is that Warner Brothers yeah is Ready that... Player One is Warner Brothers Jesus and it also brings Christ, out like King Kong legacy. and the Iron Giant and you know it's 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 a camel um to paraphrase that that I don't know if that's a real thing. I heard it on Parks and Recreation where it was like a horse designed by committee is a, a camel. That's what Space Jam, <laughs> A New Legacy is. It's just you hear, you see like every bad studio note like poorly implemented with people who maybe cared at one point but at a certain point stopped giving a shit and they're just like, fuck it, it's a paycheck. We'll put like the mask on the sidelines hanging out with like the droogs from A Clockwork Orange. That'll yeah. be fun, I guess. <laughs> also, that movie's two hours and 20 minutes. Uh, no. From- God. Maybe maybe it's not that long. It felt that long, whereas the first Space Jam is like sixty four minutes with credits. <laughs> it's it's so short as it should be because there's the plot is, hey Michael Jordan has to play a basketball game. They train a little bit. They play the game. Go home. <laughs> Watch these clips of Michael Jordan and listen to these eight songs that you can get on the soundtrack. <laughs> whereas Space Jam: A New Legacy, like the actual game itself, is like forty five minutes long. The rules make no sense. They're completely arbitrary, so you can't even get yeah. invested in like the way you'd get invested in a sports movie, you know. Even even like a bad like like a bad Mighty Duck sequel, you still get invested by the end of the game, and you just feel nothing in a Space Jam: New Legacy. It's just it's a it's just a wet fart of a movie. But yeah, I mean that's the clear winner. Uh, I have not seen it, so I'm going don't. to nominate. Uh, Venom 2, a movie that I thought was absolutely worthless. Woody Harrelson gets to do some fun natural-born killers stuff, but, like, those are aggressively bad movies. It, it makes me upset that anyone likes them. A lot of people enjoyed Venom, too. I've seen a lot of positive reviews because it's just Tom Hardy, like, arguing with himself. Yes, the top, okay, that part's kind of fun, but it doesn't sustain a whole movie. Didn't, didn't But see it, it is a tight 90 minutes. <laughs> If you liked the first Venom, you'd probably like the second one. I did not like the first Venom, uh, but I'm a sucker, and I watched the second one. Shorter than Space Jam, A New Legacy. Raves, a... still good. <laughs> that would be my poll quote, yes. <laughs> yeah, I, I almost put that as one of my disappointments. Just Not that I liked the first Venom, but I was... Venom felt very cobbled together in the same way that Space Jam, A New Legacy does. And yes. it ended up somehow being watchable. Like, I could tell it was a bad movie like stapled together with you know paste and uh thumbtacks but it kind of works i'm like okay now that they're they're guaranteed a sequel doesn't matter what they're gonna go off and have fun and do something weird and wacky because it's tom hardy and tom hardy even like was a co-writer so i'm like oh this is gonna be nuts and And it's andy circus directed this (laughs) one which has like a lot of promise and potential did, did Eminem even write a, a song for the end credits for this one? I don't think he I did. I believe so, actually. But really? I he did? I what it is. Our next category, Best Original Film. I have a very important question for you guys. What if a beach made you old? Ugh. I know that doesn't go on Gavin's Wait. list, but I think about old constantly. Can, can I ask a follow-up? Um, 
is there a nur- nurse on that beach, and is his name Jaren? <laughs> and does he let people know that? See, Gavin, there's there's something to be said about like having your expectations set and having the movie perfectly match it in a way that makes you feel warm. Because this is essentially the the Suicide Squad to the happening. <laughs> it's just a better version with things fixed. And mm-hmm. I will not say it's a good movie. I will say it's one of the movies I enjoyed the most. Although, it's, is it even original? Because it's based off a graphic novel. Shit. <laughs> yeah, you fucked up. Alright, well, DQ. removing that, no notes for old, I just... uh. Just really wanted to ask the question that was on all of our minds. Did either of you nope. say an original property uh, that was really memorable this year? Was Mitchell's versus the Machines this year? That was this year. I had a lot. That actually may have been the biggest surprise now that I think about it, going back mm-hmm. to that thing. But I enjoyed the shit out of that movie. That movie was I, fun. It was fun. I, I got very overhyped for me. Oh, okay. Yeah. To the, I had to like, I don't know, I couldn't finish it in one sitting. It, did, it didn't engage me. In terms of like something being the most original, like I'm still thinking about Lamb. I didn't love it. I think I, I liked it a lot. I was hoping for maybe a little bit more from it, but that was an experience. Did anyone see? Did you guys see Lamb? No, every, everyone I now. knew gave it two stars in Letterbox, and so yeah. I, I kind of talked me out of it. I was I was intrigued, but I I've also been burnt by A twenty four quite a bit. Sure, and so. it, this is definitely feels like an A twenty four movie that doesn't exceed its pedigree. I liked it a lot, and thinking about it, I liked it more. I mean, I, I I liked it some, and then walking out thinking about it, I liked it more. It's worth seeing. Just be ready for an extremely slow, almost mumblecore movie. Don't go in expecting, like, the creepiness to really lead to that much. It's a very small movie, if that makes sense. Did you guys see The Harder They Fall? Yeah. It was fun. I, I, think, it. That was, I think that was my, my favorite original film that I've thought of in the last two minutes. Uh, I, I truly loved that movie. Um, but, of course, I've got some, like, it's... Two actors I've worked with um, doing just absolute stellar work, and uh, they've just become like both Lakeith Stanfield and Jonathan Majors. Uh, it is weird to see people become stars from projects you've worked on. The harder they fall, just just it just oozes style, and it's got enough substance to stick the style together um, as a first film from anyone. Fucking incredible! Yeah, it was a really good time. Was that uh, Regina King's movie? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, she's in it. There's a lot well, that's, of that's not her first I mean, every... movie, right? Because she had one last No, no, she, no, didn't, no, she didn't direct, direct it. it. Sorry. No, it's a um it's a it's a British musician. I'm forgetting James James something. James Taylor? No. Uh Adam, did you have one? So yeah, I'm going through my letterbox and I realize basically every movie I like is based off of like something <laughs> like even like the the artsy dramas they're all just based mm-hmm. off of a novel or based off of like an article or something so i i don't know my my list this year is riddled with three and a half star movies because hollywood saves the best for december um that's true west side story hasn't even come out at the time of us writing this yeah, yeah no, we uh, probably if, should have been doing this in january yeah uh, if you would ask me, like, what my my favorite movie of the year was, I think it's probably still uh, In the Heights. 
which I know is a deeply flawed movie, but it just like yeah. it, it really worked for me on a way that no other movie did. And like I went out and saw it like three times, and it was just mm-hmm. like there are things I could yell about with that movie but like when it works it works in the way that like the my favorite movies do just like on a purely cinematic level um but yeah that's based off of a a dang musical so i can't pick that i so i guess i'm gonna pick the last duel in my notes i wrote the last duel parentheses i guess Um, because like (laughs) i really like the last even that's like a true story. Yeah, and that's based off of a true. It's based off of like a scroll or some shit. Um, same yeah. thing. Yeah, even like, that's technically the, adapted. Although, like the Green Knight based is off all of historical like, fiction adapted. Right. I don't know. Yeah, you know, I can't even see. I mean, it's not my pick for the year, but I couldn't even pick Benedetta because that's based off of like some diary some like old French uh, religious dude made. Um, I just saw Benedetta, guys. It's fucking wild. Um, <laughs> I I think this year may have literally had less original and independent films than other years not just from a cynical perspective but just from a from a timeline i know this working in in film in los angeles is that as movies came back in fall of last year like people started to make movies again and uh independent films didn't quite get to make their art as much because there's suddenly like a 30 percent increase in just functioning uh, for for COVID tests and and compliance and increased catering budgets and everything, um, so the independent films I worked on were few and far between and just very difficult endeavors. Um, whereas if you're within a Hollywood system and can afford that increase, like those movies don't have any setbacks right now. I guess now that you've mentioned that and like you know I'm doing a lot of uh, film festivals, I could shout out. You know, Red Snow's coming out this year. It's technically oh, is gonna, it? It's going to come out in in twenty twenty one. So, I don't know if it's the, the best, most original thing, but I enjoyed it. The Disney Vault Digger Award for most shameless cash grab. Uh, probably it does not have to be a Disney film. I'm just future proofing it because Disney's always going to have an entry on it. I have obviously Space Jam: A New Net Legacy, Godzilla vs Kong, Jungle Cruise. Basically anything that only exists to make money. It's the only reason this movie exists. Am I missing anything there? I didn't see Conjuring 3, but it very much seemed up that alley. Um, I think Conjuring 3 is solid. That seems just like, well, we're going to do another one of these, right? Even though we probably should have stopped, but we like these characters. I don't know. It seems a little more pure, even though it is, yeah, probably... I, I bet there was like you're making another one of these if you want to make your weird fucking malignant movie. <laughs> you gotta make another country. <laughs> yeah, I mean Jungle Cruise looks like the most obvious one to me in terms of you know turning a theme park ride into a movie. I mean, that's really just I mean it's in the title. It's vault digging. <laughs> yeah, I'm tempted to say Cruella, but then I ended up actually liking Cruella kind of. I have Cruella on the list as well. I didn't see it, but enough people have said it. It did have, have a voice, it's and it's fun. a lot of fun. It's, yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's better like, than you're expecting it to be. There's a little bit more of a reason. Um, For sure. Or at least they, they found a reason to make it after they got told that you have to make Cruella. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely someone who's like, they, they put a gun to your head, and you're just like, make whatever movie you want as long as like it, we can put this on the poster, and like then they had fun with what it is. But they still made it because they wanted to put Cruella de Vil on the poster because they knew... Their market research people are like, we're going to sell so much shit at Hot Topic. Um. And Godzilla vs. Kong falls into a similar... Almost the inverse. It's almost like they made all of these other films so that they could make Godzilla vs. Kong. Hmm. But 
I mean, there's no artistic reason to do this. <laughs> they're teasing this since um, Skull Island, I believe, um, which was like 2014. Like, so they've been wanting they've been wanting to make this one for a long time. Um, yeah, and it's not the first time they made it too. So I didn't realize that till after it came out that there was already a yep. Godzilla versus Kong. Everything with the humans in Godzilla vs. Kong kind of sucks, and I don't <sighs> like painful. it. Yep. But Until everything they with go just Godzilla and Kong, land. love it. Yeah. <laughs> that movie, the first half of that movie, I will actually put as the worst b- movie I saw this year. But the last half, actually, unlike Green Light, did make up for it. Yeah, if it weren't for the fact that I saw it, was like the first big that too. spectacle movie I saw post-lockdown. 100%. And just after watching everything on, like my sister's little TV in lockdown or whatever, then suddenly being able to go to an IMAX and see Godzilla grab a giant boat and, like, <laughs> King Kong in the face with it. Um, or, yeah, like, was it, yeah, Donkey or King Kong, like, throws <laughs> the jets like they're ninja stars. It was just so silly and, uh, like, gleeful, gleefully silly in a way that I, I really enjoyed, even though that movie's probably not very good and I think I'll never watch it again. It's I'll, li- I'll live in the memory. Yeah, yeah. no. Mm-mm. Uh, this is also a year that saw Tom and Jerry get turned into a movie again. Oh, that's true. I did not see that it. Came I don't went. know who that was for. <laughs> All right, our next one. The Jared Leto Award for Weirdest Performance of this year. Now, this does not have to be Jared Leto. I just have a bunch of Jared Leto nominations. I have Jared Leto in The Little Things. I have Jared Leto in House of Gucci. And Jared Leto with Zack Snyder's Justice League. <laughs> oh, I forgot how good I forgot he was in that. Jesus. I, I blocked I that horrible, it's, horrible it's, scene out of my head. He's very bad in that. Like, I did not watch that movie, and I don't think I'm going to. I, I don't think I watched the original cut either. You're fine. It's, it's fine. Like, I just, I'm, I'm over Zack Snyder being part of most movies, really. But, like, I, I don't feel like I need to see any DC movies outside of maybe Shazam. I'm still going to tell you to watch Aquaman because yeah, I'm not going to listen. Bongo drums. <laughs> um, and oh, Dolph Lundgren yeah. rides a seahorse in a battle. It's, uh, it's from the director of Malignant. Yeah. Right. I mean, I enjoyed Malignant. No. I'm not going to necessarily co-sign on the director as being a good director after seeing Yeah, Malignant did Fast and Furious 7, did Death Sentence, did a bunch of horror movies that I haven't seen that are great. Yeah, Fast uh, and Furious uh, did a wait, great job. It. So, what is this category exactly? Because this is the um, Jared Leto Award for weirdest performance of the year, and you are welcome to nominate uh, non Jared Leto. I'm going to nominate a non Jared Leto because I will say, Sage and I have oft fought about Jared Leto because there's something about the dude that just like bugs me, both as an actor but especially as a human being, which I think oh, affects how I see his performance. Awful human being. Because um, like, if I would have just watched Jared Leto movies before I found out he sucked, I could at least be like, oh, he sucks but he's a good actor. Like, how I feel about Michael yeah. Fassbender. You'd be like, um, oh, that guy probably doesn't have like a sex cult island. Yeah. Um, but then... Then I saw House of Gucci, and I'm like, God damn it, he's really good in it. Uh, like, <laughs> Let's see House of Gucci. Yeah. Oh, my God. He, But that's not going to be my nomination. We'll talk about House of Gucci, I'm sure. But I want to nominate Naomi Harris in Venom 2, Let There Be Carnage, because Naomi Harris just won an Oscar, like, two years ago. She's a great actress. Um, I mean, yeah, she's in No Time to Die as well. She, I love her as Calypso in the Pirates movies. Um she hasn't gotten to do a ton, but, like, yeah, she won an Oscar for Moonlight, and we're like, oh, what's Naomi Harris going to do? Great, she's young, her career's blowing up. 
Um, it is a bonkers performance. And then she's just playing, um, what's his name? Woody Harrelson's girlfriend in Let There Be Carnage. And I don't know what the fuck she's doing, but it's horrible. It's so bad. It's like she's trying a different wild take every single shot she's in. And yeah, just none of it works. And I was so excited when I saw her on the poster. I'm like, oh, what's Naomi Harris going to do? And yeah, real bad. <laughs> She's real bad in it. I don't think it's her fault. I'm sure it's the script and and or the direction, but it's a disastrous performance in a movie that um, it's just pretty disastrous in general. Now, because I, I wholeheartedly agree with the Jared Leto in in uh, House of Gucci. I went in not knowing it was him and didn't know it was him until the credits rolled. That's sucking Which so... was a treasure. Such a good way to watch that yeah, movie. My, my, my friend, I saw it with a friend and she didn't realize at the end of the movie, she's like, so which one was Jared Leto? And we're like, <laughs> Th- that guy. And she's like, what? <laughs> and it, that is, it is a bonkers performance because I, I don't know he if it's good or bad. a cartoon character. Yeah. Like that is, that is a tragic character. That is a character who in real life, well after the movie's done, just dies in poverty. And right. he just wants to be loved. And Jared Leto is playing him himself. as a goddamn cartoon. Yeah. He's Waluigi. Yeah. It's easily the best scene. Insane. <laughs> the best scene in the movie for me is when he comes over to show his designs to Jeremy Irons, and everyone <laughs> in the room has this look on their face. I know it's a podcast, but they're, they have this look on their face like, this fucking guy, Christ, yeah. how long is he going to be here? And I really yeah. feel that's just like what everyone's doing anytime Jared let us in the room. <laughs> <laughs> everyone's just making that face of just like, oh, I went to Juilliard, I, uh, I've worked my way up and I have to be in scenes with this fucking ass. <laughs> it's, uh, it absolutely But then, yeah, ends. he just made me laugh in like every scene he was in. I right. don't know if it's intentional no, it's or not. I don't know if it's a good performance or a bad performance. I, I don't still know. don't know. That's what I feel about like he, he made me laugh just getting into a car. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> There's a shot of him just yeah. climbing into a sports car. He's just like so funny. fat man, tidy car. <laughs> yeah, but it's also Always his car funny. too. Of just like everything he has is just the worst taste, and it's so ostentatious in a way that like you know he thinks is great. Like I loved his just like weird corduroy suits with, and he always has yeah. the flower. I mean, the character he's the son of a of a Gucci who's got like no real I'm talent of his Gucci, own. It's man. it's. It is the confident, overconfident, mediocre white man, <laughs> and it's played to perfection. I'm in love with it. Uh, yeah. I was the only person in my audience who was there clearly to see Jared Leto in a, in a fat suit, uh, because everyone else was there to see the new Lady Gaga movie, yeah. which I never, I never occurred to me that that would have been like a driving force for the audience. Uh, but you know, I'm not a Lady Gaga fan in the rest of of my life, so that's just a huge blind spot. But uh, the audience was audibly gasping anytime Lady Gaga would like be in lingerie or do anything remotely sexy. I will say, Gaga's fucking hot in that movie. She's hot in the movie, yeah. Oh, but wait, can uh, I, talk about my I also part don't of... want to hear people whoop when there's partial nudity in movies. Yeah. I have to talk <laughs> like, about yeah. my favorite background extra of 2021. Uh, <laughs> not because he did anything great, but there's a part in House of Gucci where Adam Driver is like, all right, I'm done being a Gucci. I want to you know, be like a working class man. And he's like washing trucks at Lady Gaga's dad's uh, truck washing plant or whatever. <laughs> and there's just this one scene where you see like a tough Italian guy coming up and like he sprays him with water and I'm like, oh no, this is the scene where they're all like, oh, you fucking softy college boy, get out of here. We're salt of the earth Italians. 
Um, and then they just start having a water fight, and they're having yeah. a lot of fun. And I'm just like, it is extremely back. endearing. That background actor did not know what he was doing that day. He just got a call from Central <laughs> Casting, and they're like, "Oh, you're in a, this movie." And then they're like, "Here's a water, <laughs> here's a water pistol. You're having a water fight with Adam Driver. Have fun. That's your day. Here's two hundred dollars." I don't know. I'm just fascinated about <laughs> that man's day. That was set. one of the better scenes in the movie too. Um, I, that movie's just. It's it's disappointed me hearing a lot of people not enjoy that movie, and I think there's an argument to be made. If it weren't for the Jared Leto of it all, I don't think it would be an in-your-face comedy, and I I right. think that's clearly the genre that the, that the movie's playing in the most. Father son, it's house me- it's melodrama oh, comedy, and uh, <laughs> God, I needed it. Al Pacino apparently did not recognize Jared Leto at um at the premiere. <laughs> and here's the thing they share a lot of scenes together they share yeah. more scenes than any other two actors except for adam driver and lady gaga um who are the main characters yeah they, they wash uh, dishes together like, al, al pacino is playing his father <laughs> how did he just never know that that's jared leto also it says jared leto on the call sheet i feel like al pacino would know who jared leto is i mean al pacino is getting old leave him alone you think al pacino reads the call sheet <laughs> yes <laughs> Okay, fair enough. Yes, someone someone picks him up. His handler reads the call sheet, and they arrange for his travel. <laughs> uh, no one can handle Al Pacino. I, so, I was surprised uh, how good Al Pacino was in that because Al Pacino and the Irishman. I was like, oh, does he know he's in a movie? <laughs> like, there's a scene in the Irishman where it really just seems like he forgot his lines, and they just kept it in the movie. I yeah. loved him in the Irishman. I thought he was I loved excellent. Him. Most of it. Most I of him in it. I thought he was pretty good. In House of Gucci. He's doing a lot. Uh, Jeremy Irons was the one who really stole the show for me. Yeah. He's also Jeremy Irons excellent. is amazing. Everyone's, it's just a movie of just fun performances. Yeah. That blur but, the but line Jer- of like, I don't know if everything's... So here's the thing. Ridley Scott... Jared Leto's in a different movie, though. <laughs> he is in time. a different movie. He is giving a cartoon performance of Waluigi. Yeah. Ridley Scott has two movies coming out back-to-back. The Last Duel and uh, House of Gucci. Uh, and Adam Driver's in both of them, and in one of them, he gets to do, uh, he gets to just use his normal accent and, you know, speak old-timey, but uh, no one's just doing, like, your classic medieval British, everyone's speaking British, um, even though that's not the accent that was used back then. Or, or yeah, no, uh, how weird would the last normal one if, if they were, everyone's... like, all speaking in French accents in the last duel? How come, like... They... <laughs> I think that would be wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that would I, that would actually be my preferred way to do it, uh, but it helps really modernize the movie and like it's of course like very on the nose modern themes about believing women etc. And uh, House of Gucci, he just lets everyone do whatever fucking Italian accent they want to. <laughs> everyone is like some of the actors are somewhat consistent, most of them are, but they're all from like different parts of Italy <laughs> despite being in the same family. And back to back choices from the same director. Yeah, well, I mean, Adam Driver was also in a net this year, which uh, have you guys seen? I got a screener for Annette where uh, I got a for, for your consideration DVD screener yep. <laughs> for a movie that's Pop on it in Amazon. That DVD player. Yeah, Wait, so I could watch it. Why at are you for your consideration screeners? I think it's like a union thing. I don't oh, know. Okay. Yeah, 
I've but this is the first I've I've been getting links to things all years yeah. where where it's just like oh here's all the Apple ones in this password and I'm just like I already have Apple Plus but thank you and uh, nope Amazon did not send me a code to go watch it on their service they sent me DVDs of Annette and Tomorrow War for your consideration best picture the Tomorrow War <laughs> well that is a strange movie filled with uh, impressive performances. It really goes for it. If we're going to go back to like some the going for originality, that thing goes for it. Yeah, so. no, honestly, a double feature of the Tomorrow War and Chaos Walking. Not a bad way to spend like a hungover Sunday afternoon. Oh, I'm uh, in a net, not not Tomorrow oh. War, but <laughs> but sure. Haven't seen Tomorrow War. Good, good to know. It's yeah, okay. No, I realize now what you said makes way more sense. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, I guess Tomorrow was, War does really go for it with those white spikes, white spikes, you know. Um, I when I, I so I was going to suggest this is called the weirdest performance award, the Nicolas Cage weirdest performance award because, I mean, it's Nicolas Cage, definitely one of the greatest actors of our generation, and makes the most baffling choices in what he does. And this it's year true. saw Pig, uh, Prisoners of Ghostland, which I've yet to see, but really I want to. See I didn't get Excuse to see me. any Nicolas Cage movie this year because usually I just find out about him three years later. And Willy's Wonderland, which uh, was a movie that I was pretty disappointed by, and mostly because of I think I'm guessing it. I, it felt like a Nicholas choice or Nicholas Cage, Cage choice to say three words total in the movie. I think he's like, yeah, pay me, pay me by the word. It's like you know how Salvador Dali was in the original Dune, um, and he only agreed to it because he wanted to be the most, the highest paid actor in history, like per word. Yes. Yeah. He was going to be in, in uh, sorry, not, he wasn't in the original Dune. He was going to be in Yodorowsky's Dune. Okay. And Yodorowsky agreed to, he said he couldn't pay him more than anyone's ever been paid, but he'd pay him more per uh, second of screen time. And so he was okay. going to have a very small role and be paid an obscene amount of money. Good and thing that, David Lynch's Dune got a, got a real artist. <laughs> Sting. It felt like Nicolas Cage maybe... It was like, yeah, pay me per pay me per word that I say, and it'll be fine. And so he just says like nothing in the movie, and instead just very sensuously pay, plays pinball, and that's where he does most of his emoting. It's a very strange movie. Our next category, because I know Adam's got a got to run out of here. We're almost done. Uh, is the apparently it's still okay to make fun of Italians award. We just got done talking about House of Gucci. This year also saw Luca and Many Saints of Newark. Gavin, did you see Luca? Yeah. I enjoyed it a lot. Luca, is, I I truly enjoy that movie. But it's also if, if you had asked me to write a Pixar movie in a Make That Song Now thing where you get an hour to outline the movie, it would be about a sea monster who enters a pasta eating competition to win a Vespa. <laughs> And the fact that that's a hundred, two hundred million dollar Pixar movie kind of blows my mind. <laughs> Dad, have you seen Many Saints of Newark? No, and I've no. not seen, and I've, I've, I've not seen Many Saints of Newark or Luca, so I can't comment. You haven't seen Luca? Lu- Luca's, no. Luca's damn enjoyable. I yeah. Here's I my thing: I hate that these studios keep dumping all these movies just on their streaming platforms. It sure. just makes them like seem not special to me, and I have no incentive to like rush out to see them. So. Um, Man, I saw Luca in theaters. Oh, Luca was in theaters. Yeah. Oh, weird. Okay. You know, I... they're all like 
almost none of them are are only i've also gotten to see a lot of the netflix ones in theaters like especially now that there's less competition overall there's still not all right. those movies in theaters a lot of these streaming movies get more of a run i saw the harder they fall yeah i did just see uh the power of the dog um which is a netflix movie because it's playing at the little like five dollar theater by my friend's house um hell yeah but but it seems like they they don't really advertise when it's playing in theaters or, or they keep them hidden at these like smaller um art house chains or or i think with like some of the pixar movie or Dream, uh, disney movies like they'll only release them at like the el capitan or something i don't know um I don't know, I'm just bummed. Like, I wanted to see Mitchells versus the Machines in theaters, and like, I didn't even have a chance. Uh, so I haven't watched it on Netflix that's yet fair, because yeah. I'm like, I want to watch it on the big screen, but I know it, I'll never chance. have a chance. Now it's now it's time to just watch them at home, I guess. Just move really close to the TV. Uh, put yeah. some popcorn right under your face and maybe under your feet too. I need to hire like an elderly couple to like describe mm-hmm. what's going on in the movie, like just, just behind me. Still yeah. waiting for Netflix to like buy a theater and just do a rotation of their own films for like a premium subscription or something. I'd go in on that. I'd, I'd love to see Beasts of No Nation. Yeah, yeah. Did that never? That never played in theaters, did it? it never played in theater. Or, yeah, it almost. Yeah, it almost certainly did because I think that was the first thing that they tried to like make a like an Oscar right. on that. So it and at that, least that, got like that's very probably limited, still but... one of the best things that Netflix yeah. has done. Absolutely. I mean, it's it's going to be in their top five movies for me. But uh, Netflix has. Netflix has some prestige for their movies now. <laughs> uh, speaking sure. of making fun of Italians. Yeah. Uh, oh, I was just going to say, it's a me, a Roma. It's... Right. I know Roma's not about Rome, but <laughs> well, why'd they call it that? That movie's a lie. It's about Mexico City. <laughs> it's not about Rome. It's a neighborhood in uh, Mexico City. Yeah. It's lovely. Their final category is the most sage movie of the year. These are movies that Adam has texted me about saying, have you seen this? This seems like a sage movie. Yeah, it's Wrath of Man and Cop Shop. Um, It's, uh, yeah, no, our nominees are Wrath of Man, Cop Shop, and In the Heights. I know, I will say that is the interesting thing about Sage's Taste is that it will be, like, these very middle-of-the-road to, like, disrespected, like, action schlock, and then just a total random thing (laughs) that does not fit in that. And these aren't even movies I claim at the end of the year. If I made a top ten list, Cop Shop or Wrath of Bad are not going to go in there. In the Heights probably would. Yeah, those middle-of-the-road crime stories. Cop Shop's a movie that I actually hated until I loved. I don't know if you ever got around to seeing it, either of you. Um, I know my review I did not, because I knew, like, this is a movie Sage is going to like. I'm probably not going to like this movie. Well, I really didn't like the start of it. That it's like full uh, Joe Carnahan for like the last hour of just people shooting each other in the dark. And uh, it's just uh, a cop station catches on fire. It's fucking fun, but it is uh, it is not worth getting through the first slow, dumb part. Which is not a thing that I can stomach in, in movies. Um, it almost ruined Godzilla vs. Kong. It's keep it, it's going to keep me from seeing Malignant's. I'm looking through what I've seen this year to try to find the most Adam movie of the year, and I feel like it is just <laughs> in the heights. Oh, no, okay, actually, the, I wasn't expecting this. The most Adam movie of, of 2021 is The Forever Purge, because I watched all the Purge movies, and I got really into them. The first one is absolute dog shit, but then they just kind of get better and better. Can you skip the first one? I've That's a franchise yes, I that I've been, say, I've been wanting to see some of. You can totally skip the first one. Start with The Purge Anarchy. 
Um, then, it, yeah, okay, so it goes to the Purge Anarchy, Purge Election Year. Then it goes to the first Purge. The first Purge is actually the fourth Purge. And then, most recently, we have the Forever Purge, which I think is the best Purge yet. Put well, that on your DVD box, Blumhouse. I would describe an Adam movie as an unnecess- a completely unnecessary movie that ends up being very, very fun. I was just like, the Adam movie of the year is always going to be in the biggest surprise category. Yeah. <laughs> What's a Gavin movie? I don't even know. Uh, it's it's any movie that Gavin does not fall asleep during. That's not true. I like a lot of movies that I don't that I fall asleep in, <laughs> and I hate a lot of movies that keep me awake. Uh, that is not uh, a way that I, I judge a film, if I'm being real. Maybe I just don't know you that well, Gavin. I don't have your interests narrowed down. Yeah, I wish I could say I don't know your, your taste as well as Sage. <laughs> Although one day... I feel like the Mitchells versus the Machines might have been like, I've been trying to think of like what my favorite movie of the year has been. And there's been some good stuff. Like I, I did enjoy Luca a lot. I just saw Macbeth, which was very enjoyable. Uh, I enjoyed Cruella. The Irishman wasn't this year, was it? No, that was like three that years ago. That was like ago. three years ago, man. House of Gucci was this year. Was Judas and the Black Messiah this year? Judas Judas was technically this year. Oh yeah. That took me by surprise. That one I really really enjoyed and like I knew it would be good, but like I liked it even more than I thought I would. That was might be my favorite movie of the year. Um and then Candyman was a delight. I don't know. I I I don't know what my criteria is. I need to I guess look inward and find out who I am before I can award an award. All right. Well, by this time next year, I want you to know what uh, your favorite film of 2021 was. And we'll see which of these categories carry over. And uh, Adam, thank you so much for uh, the thing that we just did. <laughs> All right. Thanks for having me. Sorry, I got to leave. I don't know. You guys can continue without me and uh, have. Oh, no, we categories. can't. We cannot. Yeah. Oh. Oh, I didn't realize I was the linchpin holding this thing together. We don't even talk anymore. You're the only right. reason we still see each other. <laughs> Most bullshit letterbox review from Adam. <laughs> um, it's probably my review from of Jack Frost last night, which just said, unpleasant. Like, <laughs> <laughs>